Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. Happy new moon in Virgo. I think I'm really tired from this new moon. It's not feeling like a normal new moon. And I don't know why, right? Because Virgo is usually a very productive energy, I feel like, kind of perfectionistic and systematic and organized. And I'm not getting those vibes. I did get them at the very beginning of the week. And then I think uh, Tuesday, yeah, yesterday, I was just like, and that is it. She's done. She's unable to do anything. So call back, please, at a later time. That's how I felt. Generally, new moons are good for manifesting new patterns or starting new journals or exercises or spiritual practices. Bottom line is, if you want to begin something new, this week is a great week to do it. Unless you're having a weird experience like I am, and then this is not the week to do it. (laughs) To be fair, though, on Monday night, I did do a ritual for the new moon. That's when the the new moon was. But you can still feed off of that energy right now and use it in in any of the energy work you want to do. But I did a, a, a ritual that was very unusual. I hadn't done before. And, you know. They do tell you that if you do stuff like that, it can poop you out. So maybe I'm just feeling the after effects of that. I love Virgos, though. I used to have a personal assistant, and it was glorious. And she was a Virgo. She still is a Virgo. And she just got so much shit done. Anyway, what am I talking about? I'm just blabbering on about my life. I hope that you are able to stay focused, centered, and hydrated while working on the long game, whatever the long game is for you. If it's your passion project or that hobby that you're trying to transform into a business or 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 whatever it is, I hope it's working out for you. Oof. I know the long game can definitely be difficult at times, especially for neurodivergent folks like myself and many of you listeners out there, I'm sure. But it's totally worth it, right? So keep plugging away. Also, can you feel the Halloween Samhain vibes crackling in the air? I sure can. And I am pumped about it. I really am. I'm on the East Coast visiting family right now, and there's actually seasons here. In LA, we don't really have those. So it's feeling really like fall. I want to watch Practical Magic. And I think that the veil will be especially thin this spooky season. So you heard it here first. If you have any weird encounters, you know who to call or email. You can email me. Quick note, if you like Follow the Woo and you want to help support this podcast and get more content, which we're cooking up a bunch of stuff all the time, the best way to do that is to become a patron. You go to patreon.com slash follow the woo. And when you sign up, you'll get an official order of woo invitation sent to your home and then access to a bunch of other witchy goodies. And thank you to all my current patrons. You have no idea how helpful you've been in the humble beginnings of this podcast. My guest this week is a badass bitch. Her name is Jen Sankey. She's a professional witch, tarot reader, energy healer, astrologer, 
writer, and creator of the up-and-coming Stardust Wanderer tarot deck. She has over 30 years of experience living her best witch life, reading tarot and practicing many different kinds of energy healing. She specializes in spreading magical vibes and helping people who want guidance on being true to themselves. Her life is fascinating. And of course, we talk about all kinds of shit, including her background in witchcraft, her gigantic tarot deck collection. She has something like 350 decks, people. We also talk about crystals and the process she's been going through to create her own tarot deck and more. If you're into tarot or you're a baby witch looking for some great advice, this is definitely an episode for you. Okay, hold on to your whole butt, not just one cheek, the whole thing, because it's woo time. I think I want to start with just your background in the woo. How the mm-hmm. hell did you get into tarot? How do you identify yourself within the umbrella of the woo? You know, what, right. how did that all start for you? I think like a lot of people who are in any sort of woo practice, you were kind of that kid that just didn't fit in. <laughs> you just noticed that you liked things that a lot of other people were like, what the hell are you talking about? I think I just was always the one kind of floating around outside of the box. I was alone a lot as a kid. My parents were not really present. So, you know, I was just kind of always exploring and always in the woods, always outside that's where I felt the safest. And that was just where I was always so comfortable. And, you know, at that point, it was like looking for fairies, talking to the trees, you know, just like the nature part of it. You're just doing what's like, innately drawn that you're drawn to do. And when you get older, you realize, oh, I was doing that all the way back when I was like five years old. Okay. I always liked everything spooky scary movies, all that stuff. And my godfather, he has since passed, unfortunately, but he was kind of the guy that encouraged all the things. He he saw that I was just that weird, quirky kid, and he was all about it. So <laughs> he's the one that brought me to the haunted houses that we would, I would go over there, we'd watch horror movie marathons. And he always had like these really cool people around. So that's kind of like the first taste of oh there are other people out there you know and then they're adults and they're really cool and they're you know the women always had like flowy dresses on and they always (laughs) smelled like patchouli you know and you're just like wow okay (laughs) once I kind of saw that there were other people like that like adults were like into this stuff too I just kind of followed that path and You know, I was a big reader as a kid, so anything I could get my hands on, anything. And the internet wasn't really a thing then. (laughs) So it was going to the library if you could. And there's like three books on the shelf and you have to like wait like a month to get them because they were always checked out. I would just devour it. I mean, I just would read, read, read everything I could. So that just like slowly developed everything going on, everything I wanted to learn. And in these books, they're talking about tarot, they're talking about crystals and astrology and stuff like that. So I was always so just drawn to it. I was living in Long Island, New York. There was just this little bookstore and they had one deck and it was the Rider Waite Smith, the plain old ugly one. And that's the one I grabbed. And I just just started really 
looking at the cards and reading the little book that came with it. And just, I just kind of took off from there. And it was just something that was very natural for me. So the more I had them around me, the more I was like just using them for myself and stuff like that. And then it evolved because even the internet was a thing, you know, and then there were more metaphysical stores around. So I guess I kind of grew with it as it went along and became so much more common and not so like hush hush, like don't talk about that stuff. Started collecting decks when that became a thing because that wasn't, there was a couple of decks out, but nothing really. And then once that started happening, we're at the collection I have now, my, my very large collection. How many decks do you think you have? Oh my gosh. I haven't counted. I also have a lot of Lenormand and Oracle decks, but I think altogether, I'm probably 350-ish. What? Yeah. Dang. <laughs> dang, 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 dang. I, yeah, I have a few. I have a few. I'm like, my bookcase is like three cards deep at this point. <laughs> and I'm like, see, I need to get a freaking new bookcase. And... Everybody's like, well, why don't you stop buying decks? I'm like, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? No, I don't. Like, no, Caprende. I'm not. No, we're not. We're not. We don't talk Com- in that No language. computing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here with that negativity. I don't need it. <laughs> so um, I have to know, since we're here and you have 350-ish decks, you can't use them all, right? Like some of them are just to have and like look at. I'm sure you have your favorite decks. How many decks do you regularly work with? There are a few that I gravitate towards that like if reading's just for me, I do get decks frequently and I do review decks and stuff a lot now too. So I am just always getting them. So I'm always using a new one. If I'm reading for somebody, there are... It, like a deck just pops in my head, like that's the one that needs to be used. And it usually is always the right one. So there are a couple decks that I have that are just kind of collector ones that I really don't use a lot just because I don't want to like, you know, the wear and tear on them, because there were uh, limited and there's there's not a lot left. So I probably have maybe 10 decks that are like that, that are just kind of like really collector ones. But I just will go to my bookcase and just kind of scan it and whichever one just pops out at me. That's the one I go with. And sometimes I use more than one deck a day, depending on what I'm doing, depending on if I'm doing readings for people, because I usually won't use the same deck. Even when I like do events and stuff, I always bring probably like five decks with me because I just will pick up the energy of the person and I'll be like, oh no, this one's going to resonate with them. And I have to say though, the best thing that happened in an event once is I was reading for this guy and I have a unicorn deck and that deck was just just shouting at me. And I'm like, I'm thinking, what the, what the hell? I don't know that he's going to want this unicorn deck. Like what? Like, I don't know about this. Like he's this big old tough guy. And I brought this deck out with its like pastel colors and its unicorns. And he just loved it. Like he really resonated with it. And I think, and I was like, damn, all right, fine. I will listen. I will listen. Fine. So I really think that it was like comforting to him. So there must have been some sort of memory there with the colors and the images that really just spoke to him. So I don't mess around anymore. The deck wants to come out and play. I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> That's so interesting because it's like you're doing pre-divination before the divination reading you're like yeah yeah. because you have so many you're you're like oh first I'm gonna pick the deck and then I'm gonna I don't hear that very often because I think people usually have like a 
tarot card readers generally, in my experience with chatting with them, they usually yeah. have like a few decks that they work with. And right. then they might collect some, but that's it. And then almost always they have one that's like their best, best deck. Yeah. Like their go-to. Right. Right. Yeah. Then do you still have one like that? Or do because your technique sounds like so unique and interesting. You know, I really base it off what I'm doing and who I'm reading for really sometimes. And I actually still have the deck, my original deck I got when I was 14. For that deck, though, I use it when I'm writing. Like if I just need to pull cards or for, you know, a piece of writing, because usually it has to do, you know, with like witchy or tarot or something. That's deck I will just use for writing usually. But yeah, it's always really depends on the person and what's going on. And I do pick it beforehand. And I also do a live reading every Monday at the magazine I work with. And I will do the same thing. I pick the deck before And it always winds up kind of going with the theme or the people there. So I really just kind of let the cards decide, kind of just give it up to them and say, all right, what are we doing today? It's awesome. I really haven't heard that before, but I think it makes so much sense. I mean, why not use like different variations of the deck and like all the energy that people put into those decks, right? Each one of those decks was created by somebody else's unique combination of imagination and focus. And then there's probably a team that worked together to make those designs. Like it's got all that energy behind it. Why not utilize that for like a different kind of divination? Yeah. Each deck, it all comes from a different perspective. And that's like why a lot of people even get a tarot reading because they need a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So I guess in a way, it's just me finding the deck that, you know, that will either not so much match it, but sometimes even challenge their perspective. Mm -hmm. And sometimes because there are certain people that they need to be called out a little bit. And maybe their family and friends don't want to do it. <laughs> so, you know, and it's really not me. It's the cards. I'm not calling them out. The cards are. So you, they can't play me either. Sure. <laughs> I'm just delivering messages. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Don't kill the messenger. Exactly. Well, I want to go back to what you said when you were explaining your your background and how it all, the woo started for you. Do you identify as a witch or do you identify as a fairy? Do you, how, how would you describe yourself? Would you just say you're like a practitioner? Um, I would just probably witch. I mean, definitely. I mean, I have a tattoo on my arm, so I guess that means I identify as, (laughs) 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 I guess that means that's that. But yeah, I, I just think I've always just seen myself as a witch, really. And what do your boys feel about that? Are they like, yeah, my mom's a cool witch or are they, do they get it? They're all a little older now, but you know what? That's all they've ever known. You know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I brought them up. Like they know about tarot. They can read tarot. You know, they know, like I just kind of incorporated all of the things like the Sabbaths and stuff like that, just to also teach them how different religions kind of use those pagan traditions for their own reasons too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, so (laughs) it was like one of those things. And as they were going through, they would be like, oh, well, you know, it's Easter time. So what does Easter have to do with God and Jesus? I'm like, nothing, absolutely nothing. (laughs) And they're like, well, if Jesus came back from the dead, is he a zombie? I'm like, kind of, (laughs) yeah, it's a solid question. You know, it really is. I'm not going to argue with this. I just always 
wanted to also just kind of bring up different viewpoints for them so that they can make their own decisions and what resonates with them. And that's something that I always stressed with them and being yourself and all of that. And they just know and they come to me, they ask me certain questions. If things come up, there's times that they'd be like, can you pull a card for me? You know, my son, my oldest now he lives in LA. He'll call me sometimes. He's like, well, I pulled some cards, but could you pull a card for me? And I'm like, sure, no problem. And we talk about the full moons, like he did a ritual for the, this last full moon. So we we're just talking about how that went and stuff like that. So each of my kids kind of like different aspects of it. And I always just encourage it. And I encourage them to like explore other things too, other religions, like read about all of them, because it is really fascinating when you start reading about them, like how they started and how, how people really, you know, when they really, really believe something, just how they go all in, whether it's good or bad or in between, just still that process itself. It's, it's really interesting. So I think it's just part of being a witch. It's just, just being inclusive and just, just teaching the kids like, yeah everybody's here. And again, don't be an asshole. Cool. You're my friend. Done. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, that's it. You know, I think that's a reoccurring theme with witches that I talk to for sure. The, the inclusivity, like making sure that nobody feels left out. And also, which I think is really interesting because I don't think there's any other mysticism or religion that's like this to my knowledge. Generally, witches tend to, when they have kids, they teach their kids to investigate all religions, any religion that they feel attracted to, any mysticism, any spirituality, whatever. And that's how I was raised as well. And I think what, you know, when I was 14, I was like, yeah, I know I'm a Kabbalist, you know? And then I was like 18 I was like, no, 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 I'm a Christian for a second. You know, like, no, at 18, I definitely wasn't a Christian, but (laughs) (laughs) when I was like maybe 10, so you kind of go through these cycles. And I think something about that creates such a more interesting, well-rounded, more tolerant child. And then hopefully an adult as well. Like how, how old is your oldest son? Um, he actually just turned 26 yesterday. Wow. Happy birthday. So is he a Virgo? Virgo? He is a Virgo. Yeah. He's a very Virgo Virgo. <laughs> Is he really? <laughs> yes. I love Virgos. I mean, they always get shit yeah. done. I'm a Libra. My birthday's in September. September ah, Libra. Yes. yes. Do you definitely. do you feel like super strong Libra as far as the whole like not being able to make a decision and getting like... Uh, well, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I am. Yeah, I'm definitely... Because I know that about myself, and of course, you know, we're all into astrology, so we were like, oh, crap. Yeah, I guess that's me. Mm-hmm. I am also, I'm an Aries moon, and I am a Sag rising. Oh, so, snap. Yeah. <laughs> Some fire up in here. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a little bit of fire going on. I mean, I think so, but then, like, the impatience of my Sag kicks in, so then I just have to, like, jump on it and do something. So it's, it's like a funny mix. My mom was in the new age movement. So I had a young mom who was like going through all this shit at at an early age. And so she opened me up to the new age stuff, but then, which would have been 1985, somewhere in there, the mid eighties around that time, there still Mm -hmm. wasn't that much shit. There just wasn't that much going on. And like you said, when you were a kid, even, or there were like three books you know, and they would always be checked out. And it, it, it's really important for, I think, for people to understand that, yes, spirituality and the occult has been around forever. 
But as far as it being accessible to the everyday person, that's like, we're talking, what would you say? Like, it's like three or three generations, maybe two generations. Yeah. 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 I mean, at least two for sure. Just watching the evolution of it, you know, and just seeing how it's coming into, uh, you know, the mainstream and has its pros and cons, of course, like everything else. But it was one of those things you didn't get a deck, get a deck unless someone gave you it, you know, which probably came like they had one or somebody gave them an extra one. Even today, like people still will be like, oh, well, you can't just buy your own deck. You have to be gifted a deck. And it's like, no, 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 that's not true. Because the only reason that happened was because there weren't all these resources and all these places. You couldn't go in Barnes and Noble and buy tarot cards or mm-hmm. a metaphysical book. Like they didn't really have that. But yeah, I mean, you you really just had to kind of stumble upon the person and hope that they knew something about it or they had a deck or they would, could tell you where to get one or anything like that. And I just happened to... I What did I do to even find mine? I think I just called bookshops and I asked them and some of them hung up. Wow. No, we don't have that here. Click. And you're like, oh, but then you're like, oh, all right. So I really need this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you don't you don't like it. That means I really, really need to find it now. The Internet started to get kind of bigger. And then it was like chat rooms and stuff like that. And then people would start kind of gathering on there. But then chat rooms got creepy real fast. So you didn't <laughs> yeah. really want to go on there too much. I mean, sometimes you would get lucky enough, but things just started popping up even where we are today. So crazy. Like now you have TikTok, you have uh, just everything. And I think it's just really important too for people to realize that they have to always go. It resonates with them Mm -hmm. and not just because so-and-so is doing it, doing this or that doesn't make it right. And doesn't make it something that you need to do because I think that's one of kind of the cons that comes with the internet and all of that too, is everyone just like, well, you have to do this and you have to do that. The minute somebody tells you you have to do something, then forget it. That's Mm -hmm. not, that's not right. Talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago and I work for the magazine, um, the Cardamancer. So I do interviews like people who created docs and, and different things. And I was talking to somebody related to that and they were like, well, you only use this deck if you're a real witch. And I just was like, um, <laughs> okay, I have so many things I want to say, but I am in a professional, I'm like a professional mode. So I cannot give my opinion right now. And I was just like, no, you need to go start back at the beginning, dear, because that is not how it works. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. And that's actually interesting that you brought it up because that happens all the time. Even if you yeah. go to a witch shop, I mean, especially actually, yeah. if you think yeah. about it, they get kind of like holier than thou. And it's like, bitch, you missed the point. Like, the whole point is that you're not, there are people who haven't had like a lick of witchcraft training or paganism training or any spell training, whatever, they haven't done any of it. They're, they're witches. If they think they're witches, then they're witches, you know? Right. Again, for me too, that just goes across the board. Like anybody, whatever they're doing, whoever, as long as you're not, you know, hurting anyone or yourself, then it's none of our business what people are doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And nobody, most times when the opinions are offered, they're not even asked for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's 100%. like, one of the, it's like what, you know, and I always tell people too, when I'm teaching tarot and I'm, you know, or whatever I'm doing, 
if and when you have a kid, people always love to give their opinions on it. And it's usually the worst opinion ever or a horror story or whatever. And it's just like, you know, you just smile and nod. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Thank you. And just carry on because there's no point arguing. There's no point in anything because they are just so dense that they're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. So don't waste your time, energy or breath. Just, uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. And then go do your own damn thing. <laughs> Yeah, we try to take the judgmental sort of cattle shooting that the religious people are always doing nonstop. And and we accidentally apply it to the occult and to paganism. And, you know, it's like it seeps in because it's so prevalent in our culture, right? Like to be judgmental of other, whatever other is, it doesn't fucking matter. No, it doesn't. It's like we're putting each other in boxes. And I just interviewed somebody who calls who calls a variation of this bitchcraft. Psychics are being bitchy to other witches and witches are being, you know, it's just like this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bullshit. I feel that, too, to a certain extent. Like, I look like, I don't know, an androgynous little tomboy. I I don't look like the stereotypical witch. So whenever I go to like, you know, when I started with my order or witch shops or things like that to take classes, people often judge me because I don't look the way that they think I'm supposed to look. Right. Right. I mean, that's just one example. That's for me personally, but that same thing is happening like even in this circle and it's not, this is the circle it's not supposed to happen in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like seeping in. No, and it does. And in a way, you know, it's kind of, I do blame the internet for that. Research all the things about it. Listen to 10 different people talking about it. Take what resonates, leave the rest. That's it. Done. Like you don't have to keep, oh, this is supposed to happen this way. And this is supposed to happen. I always tell people the minute like, you know, you think you know everything is the moment you know nothing. I have been doing tarot for so, so long. And I've studied it frontwards, backwards, whatever. And I still learn stuff every day. I still learn new things and new techniques and and I and I love that about it. And I love that about the craft in general, that you're always learning different things and doing things differently that you again, it's other people's perspective and just honoring that because you can learn from it. Most times you can learn something. And if it, even if it's something you already know, it just may just be the way they do it. You know, they they may do it in a different sequence and you never thought to do it that way. And you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to try that out. If it works, yeah work it in. If it doesn't work, just leave it, whatever. That's cool. Thanks. Bye. Um, yeah. you know, it is, it, it's definitely one of those things that when you start, you know, judging others and all that too, that's, that's also blocking your energy and you're putting that out into the universe and the universe doesn't know good or bad. It, it just is. And so here that person is putting that crap out into the universe. And then they're like, Oh, my spells aren't working. My readings suck. Well, I wonder why, because the universe is giving you back what you just dished out. So Mm -hmm. there you go. Yeah, that's a difficult concept for anyone to wrap their head around that idea that like, you don't get what you want, you get what you are. So what are you, you know, what are you cooking up here? Because that's what's going to come back. That's kind of like the fundamentals of being a witch, right? Is don't harm anyone. And then also know yourself. And knowing yourself is not like a one lifetime deal. It's like for fucking ever. So get on it. (laughs) Right, right. And it's not going to end. And I think that's where sometimes people get, you know, I'll say confused, like with shadow work, because they think like, oh, I'm going to do this shadow work and then I'll be done and (laughs) I will be clear and I'll be able to make all the wonderful life decisions. And it's like, 
no. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're just like touching on little tiny things. And guess what? You're probably going to circle back and have to go and do it all over again at some point because you're always growing and changing and evolving as a person. So Mm -hmm. one part of that may pop up again in a different way that you need to deal with because that may even be a past life thing. It, It may need to pop up again because it's not resolved. So I think when people need to realize that too, that it's just, even with that, it just never stops. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. Cause you have how many, you know, whatever, as many lifetimes as you need. So just do what you can now and don't get so stressed out about it and still live your life. Don't be so scared and worried about it. Go do your thing because it's going to be over before you know it. So Mm -hmm. you might as well enjoy it. Yeah. Fear is a huge aspect of that, right? Because we usually choose something to believe in a hundred percent and think that we've got it all figured out because we're afraid to explore or admit that there's other possibilities, right? Right. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a certain amount of faith. I definitely think faith is important to some extent in, in something right. beyond the, this, you know, little body situation here. Yeah. But I think when it's just blind faith, it's, it just gets bajiggity at that point. When you stop questioning like that, then helping people feel included is no longer important because that that faith is the most important thing. And so then it's like, oh, well, fuck all the Muslims or fuck all the Catholic people or fuck all the, you know, and it's just like, yeah, this is the opposite of that, that core value of inclusivity. Like, why do you think we're so obsessed with being in each other's business? Is it, it's just fear? You know, I, I think it's definitely part fear and I think it's part conditioning. And, and again, that goes back lifetimes because, you know, when these bigger religions were coming into the lands, the pagan lands and all of that, those people are just doing their thing, you know, worshiping their tree spirits and (laughs) doing whatever they're doing and they were fine. But then they came in and they, they just started turning people against each other And I think that's partly where it comes from because they're like, oh, if you see your neighbors doing X, Y, and Z, you better come tell us because it's a sin and we're going to need to take care of them. So then that just amps that fear up. And then that's witch trials and all of those things started happening because they're like, oh, well, I don't want to get in trouble. So if I blame that one, that it'll take that off of me. Like you said, it's like nothing, nothing else mattered because they were like, nope, this is, this is what the faith tells me I have to do. And it's almost like it turned everybody on each other. And so for all these generations, it was conditioned into all these different people. And here we are today. And again, it's that fear. And I think it's insecurity because a lot of times too, when people are accusing or pointing out something in someone else, it really has to do with them. Mm -hmm. And it really is something in that person that's triggering them because that's something that they need to work on or they're burying or they don't want to deal with. So again, we've been conditioned to blame other people when things aren't going the right way or you're feeling a certain way. So it must be someone else's fault. It's just like one of those things that just snowballed. And that's one of the things that I talk about with guests a lot on the topic of witchcraft is that witchcraft specifically is super empowering. So instead of saying, oh, I'm blaming somebody else. It's it's looking at yourself and seeing how, how did I create this? How did I attract right. this into my life? That's a really huge, huge difference between this practice and most religions. 
huge difference to be like, I brought this into my life, not a guy in the sky with a, a big beard. It is. It is huge. And I think also, too, it's giving yourself permission to to do that. I do readings like candle wax readings and stuff. So it's like even with that, too, though, I mean, just generally, I give people permission to feel things all the time. You have permission to feel this way. You're allowed to change that. You're you're allowed to do that because, again, they've just been so conditioned that it needs to go this way and that's it. You just can't have it so cut and dry like that. It's just that's not how it is. That's not how we are. Somewhere, someone way back when decided that things are black and white and that you need to do this or something bad's going to happen to you. And, you know, again, the pagans way back when they didn't think that, you know, they didn't think in that black and white. They were more like, I wasn't kind to my neighbor. Now the gods are going to kill my fields. You know what I mean? But they were not blaming other people. They were blaming themselves like, oh, I was shitty. Crap. Now, you know, there goes my corn. (laughs) Well, there is this running theme that we keep coming back to, which is that anytime I was going to say religion, but it's not just religion. Like anytime a group of humans gets orthodox in some way, mm-hmm. it turns it into some kind of behavioral militant punishment thing. And it's this weird right. cycle and it's everywhere in our lives all the time. And sometimes it's hard. You have to like step back and be like, oh yeah, this is that conditioning again. Like we feel like we have to do this or you know, in self-care practices too. Like absolutely, a lot of time I have to do self-care to just remind myself that I don't have to be part of this like capitalist bullshit cycle right. of like, you have to be producing every second of every day. If not, then yes. you're not worthy. There's something wrong right. with you. Like that. Yeah. And that's a hard one. When you're an entrepreneur, you feel like, oh, this is the American dream. This is the way you have to do it. But if we get down to the nitty gritty of it, it's back to what you said before. It's that person way, way, way back then who was like, these are the ways to do things. This is how it's done. And if you don't do them, there's something fucking wrong with you. And back then you got lynched and now you just get, you know, ostracized. And and in some cases you get lynched still. And that's why I'm always telling people like, go outside, do some grounding, get out and just remember where you are. Remember how small you are on this whole planet. When it comes down to it, none of this stuff matters. None of this matters. My husband and I, we also own a business as well. We own an all natural pest control company. A lot of times, like I'll be like, let's go in the grass. It's time to go in the grass. And he would always like, he always gives me shit every time, but he'll come with me and I make him, I make him just sit in the grass. I make him go outside and, you know, especially because he's Gemini all over the place too. He's all up in his head and it's that grounding. I'm like, you need to ground. You need to go outside. And people that I work with that are, again, all up in their head. You can't get outside and ground. Just go run your hands under some cool water mindfully. Like I'm doing this to ground. I'm not here washing my hands. I'm here to ground. I'm here to do that. And I think too, by just making sure to separate yourself every once in a while and just remember like who you are, where you come from, what's important. Those just those base things that that's the best self-care you could do. Even a nice Epsom salt bath. Like I'm a bath person. I love baths. So that's always helpful for me too. And it's just one of those things. Leave your phone outside of the bathroom. Just put it down for a while and just be. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think grounding is super important, especially right now with the pandemic. I think, I mean, anxiety and depression is like through the roof worldwide. It's so bad. And one of the problems, which you mentioned, is we're on screens way more than we ever have been because we've been home so much in the past 18 months. If you cumulatively, so it's like now that grounding is even more important because your phone, I don't know about you, but I have to fucking work at being off of my phone. Like I have to be like, no, it's super hard. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not, it doesn't come easy now. And we didn't mm-hmm. grow up with them. Like I did not no, have a exactly. phone. Right. I didn't even get a phone until like, I think my youngest was like two or three. I, I just never had, like, I didn't need, I didn't need one, whatever. Who cares? You know? And then now, like you said, because we, we work on our phones, we are online and I help do like a coaching stuff. I do my own stuff and the magazine stuff. And it's like, it's just constantly checking things and doing that because the internet doesn't, it's 24 seven, but we're not 24 seven creatures. <laughs> so it is so hard to, to do that, but it's so important to try to do it. You know, I'm guilty of it. I say it and I tell people all the damn time to do it and I need to get better with it. I do. Definitely. Yeah. I bought one of those jails. It's a phone jail and it's just sort of oh, like, I've heard of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid, but it's and, and my partner's always like the fuck, like just put your phone away. You don't have to put it in a jail. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, but it, it's there for a symbol, you know, it symbolizes. Yeah, well, it makes it dramatic. So then it's yeah. like, you have to go by it, you know, yeah. it's just sitting over on the counter. It's no big deal. But if it's in jail, you're like, shit, my phone's in jail. I can't touch it. Yeah, it is. it's all mental. <laughs> yeah, and there's a little lock on it. And you can totally bust the top off in like a second. No, yeah, but absolutely. It's, but it's the point. You really brought up a good point is that this the grounding is important because we have to remember who we are is what you said. And yeah. how small we are and that none of this really matters in the at the end of the day. So right. what does matter? What's left then? What's that that last thing that matters? Being whole with yourself, really just knowing yourself, knowing that it's never going to be perfect and and being okay with that, being happy with the unperfect because there's like perfect shouldn't even be a word. There's really no such thing. Everybody's version of perfect is different. Everyone's perception is different. And I think really settling into that, into the, the unperfect and knowing that you do have people around you that care about you. There's people that you care about. And I I do think that's really what it comes down to. And just making sure that those people know that they're important to you, because that gets lost in the shuffle too. You know, you have those people that you just love dearly, but when was the last time you told them? And if you can't remember that, then your ass needs to go outside, sit down for a little while, and then go tell them and Mm -hmm. let them know. And I think it just is really being with other people. One of my favorite books, movies is Into the Wild. And I actually, I have it tattooed on my arm, the one quote, happiness is only real when shared. So that is my go-to right there. And you can be happy with yourself and all that, but you still need to have people around you and you still need to share happiness and receive happiness and release expectation. And I think that is really a big thing too. Those really usually aren't your expectations anyway, whether they were conditioned, whether they're from a past life, whether somebody just this morning put that on you, none of it's yours. Just letting that all go and just being and then being with people that you care about. Right. 
That is a practice though. It's just this idea that it's a continual practice. And that is not just the witch's practice or the pagan's practice, but it, it's what we all need to be doing right now to, to feel connected and to be okay with the technology because it, technology right. is kick-ass, right? In so many ways, because witchcraft and paganism and, and inclusivity and the concepts that they represent are more popular than they ever have been because of technology. Absolutely. Every, everything is more accessible, which is so mm-hmm. awesome. But then it at is, the same yeah. time, we have to almost make sure that we increase our spiritual selves to be able to handle that overstimulating technology. It's like we can't right. stay here this high with technology and not also have our spiritual selves be more inclined and be more evolved to meet that technology. Cause then it's just this fucking b- imbalance. It's like, right now we're right, just like right. technology, technology. It's just so much. Yeah. It's just, it's that overload of information, you know, for sure. And I will tell people too, you know what, like put it in your calendar, schedule it in your calendar every, you know, once a week to a time, time out, go connect or text someone that you are thinking of them or something like that. Put in your calendar. We put everything else in the calendar. We put doctor's appointments and we do all that. You know, it works for us, right? We're like, oh, yeah, have a doctor's appointment. Do it. Do the same thing with your self-care. Do the same thing with reaching out to other people or put a thing in there. Ground, grounding time. There you go. And mm-hmm. try to work it in so that it does become a habit so that it's not like, oh, my God, I got to go outside and ground. Oh, I grounded and I did this. Oh, it's great. And then you don't do it another six, eight months, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's really important to to work that in into your your daily life. And you can always start small. Like I said, do it once a week, 15 minutes, anything like just get it going, you know, and then go from there, because after a while, then it's just going to be second nature. And I think it just makes you able to connect to other people better as well because you're feeling safe and secure in yourself when you talked about happiness too it it increases that happiness that you can share with other people because you're you're much more connected to who you really are yeah and you're almost sloughing off that stress that that we collectively tune into every day especially through technology yeah and i do think there are some very i think there's very few humans incarnated on the planet right now who are just supposed to be like energy keepers the gurus that like sit in a cave for their whole lives and right. they're they're happy but they're there as like holders the rest of us need to like you said share the happiness we're social we have to be with each other and one of the reasons i'm talking about all this with you is because i don't think people really understand that being a witch or identifying as a witch does is not evil. Like th- this is the kind of stuff that we talk about when we're right before rituals. This is the kind of stuff when when my order gets together to do a ritual. Like it's not like oh a guy comes out with the big devil mask on, <laughs> sacrificing you know? the lamb and all yeah. of that. Like yeah, we're like talking about know. our feelings and like exactly grounding and hugging trees and and you know dancing and singing and whatever, like it, it's, it's connecting, like you said, to who you really are, to the wholeness of who you are, I think is how you put it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It just comes down to we're all complicated house plants. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, they're so hard to keep alive. <laughs> it's, it's just complicated. It, it's very complicated. Yeah. It is. It is. It's definitely one of those things. If people are curious about it, or they 
or if they're scared of it or their aunt, whoever told them that if they ever talk to a witch, then they're damned or whatever. It's one of those things like just step outside of that for a minute because you know what? It'll always be there. If you really want to go back to it, you can, but I doubt you will. And, you know, just start asking questions, like ask questions, like ask good questions. You're not like, do you sacrifice people? Do you kill people? <laughs> do you talk to the devil? Do you have sex with the devil every day? And it's like, <laughs> nah, that's not really my kink. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always open to good questions. I always am. But if it's a stupid question, I'm going to be like, yeah, no. I'll give it a chance. I'll say, can you rephrase that question so that it makes more sense? And if they do, fine. If they don't, then no matter what I say, it's not going to matter anyway, because they already have their mind made up how they want it to be and what they want the answer to be. Yeah. Well, would that be your central advice for like a baby witch who's just starting out on their path? Would it be just start asking questions? And I think a lot of times with baby witches, and I love baby witches, there's no Bible. It's not all set in stone. So if something somebody says brings up more questions for you, reach out to that person and ask them because a lot of times they'll answer you. Even if you find them and you find their website, if they have an email or something like that, like I've had people email me questions, ask questions. You know, if, if something they said you really want to know more about or why they think that, then ask it. Read the books because you're going to read some books that are great and you're going to read some not so great books. But that is all depending on what resonates with you. And that's right. And that's fine because we may read the same book and I may think it's great. And you may think like this sucks ass and (laughs) that doesn't make it wrong. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that resonated with me and not so much with you. And that's fine. And I also just think that it's really important to know that not everything's going to resonate with you. Mm -hmm. It's not. And even if something that you love, like say candle magic. Oh, I love doing candle magic and I want to learn all about it. And then you start getting into it and you're like, this is stupid. That's fine. That's okay. Because maybe there's somebody along the way that is like, Hey, do you know anything about candle magic? And you could just be like, yeah, I tried this and I tried that. These are the resources I used. And that's it. Like, that's all you need to give them. You know, you don't need to tell them you think it sucks. Just give them what information you had, see if it'd be helpful, and then go on your merry way. I do think that's really, really, really important, especially now with all the things, because I mean, I'll be scrolling through some stuff and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Okay, that's that's fair. You know, I mean, as long as it's not like dangerous stuff, you know, I just kind of scroll by. But you need to be just really be mindful of what you're doing when you're doing it, how you're doing it, and what you are, what your goal is, and what you're trying to accomplish. Why are you doing it? Is it for you? Is it for someone else? If it's for someone else, do you have permission from that other person? I'm really big on energy and permission for energy. And that's something too, I think that a lot of people, just everybody in general needs to know. Because even when I get readings and stuff, well, could you tell me about this? And I'm like, I could tell you about the situation and the energy around you two, but I can't read them unless I have permission, like written permission. I'm not doing that because I just don't think that is for me. That's just how I practice because I just don't think it's fair to invade on other people's energy without their permission. Absolutely. It's unethical. I've talked to people. They don't care. They, They don't think it's a big deal. They'll do that. And I'm like, all right, that's good. Dad, see you later. Have a good day. Yeah. Bye. Bye. 
high, grabbing all my crystals, putting in my pocket. Okay. I feel better now. Like I'm like, oh no. Okay. You need to be mindful of, of energy because it is a thing. It is real. It is all around us. And if you're going to start manipulating energy, take the time to learn about it before you start jumping in and doing stuff. And it takes time. Not everybody jumps in and starts doing complicated candle spells or these huge tower readings or anything like that. You just start out small, like, and that's okay. And you have time. You have enough time because, you know, when you want to learn something new, you want everything all at once. Give me all the things. Mm -hmm. And then you you get overwhelmed and then you leave it because you can't. It's just too much. One thing that I've noticed on Witch Talk, because you brought up TikTok earlier, is that there's a lot of baby witches who are accidentally like in- invoking certain entities or they're working with crystals that are really, really intense. And <laughs> yes, they, the Moldavite thing. The Moldavite. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Ah, uh, yeah. So what, what's your advice to them about that? Well, I'll start with the Moldavite thing. If you are not working with crystals, if you don't know about crystals, if you haven't worked with them, if you don't understand how they work, really don't, don't touch any crystals, get a book, read about it, learn about it first. And you know, everybody's like, grab the multivites, life-changing. Sometimes life-changing isn't always, I want a million dollars and I'm famous. Okay. It's like tower moment, shit's crashing down all around you. The, all the dumpster, uh, dumpsters are on fire at this point. And you're like, oh, but I thought this was supposed to be great and enlightening. When you are working with Moldavite and stuff like that, you are supposed to take it really slow. And you are supposed to just do little bits at a time, a little bit at a time, you know, and go with it that way. But why rush it? Why go jump over all these things and go right to the right to Moldavite? And that's it. And for some people that are sensitive, it's really too much. But again, you have to be mindful because if you have, say, you know, everyone wants their the Moldavite necklaces or whatever, that may affect other people's energy around you. So I had somebody come to me and they're like, oh my God, well, I bought this Moldavite and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we had that discussion, but then they're like, yeah, but my, you know, my dog has just been acting crazy. And my son has been so irritated. And I said, when did that start? Oh, about a month ago or so. I'm like, okay, when did you get your necklace? Oh, oh, okay. I said, well, put it away, put it outside or something for you know a week or two and see if that if it changes. And it did. It settled them down where it was the dog was really sensitive, the kid was really sensitive. Again, it's like, why do you want to work with it? It's almost like when you're a witch, it's like you're a scientist because you're asking why about everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like why? And why not start with a quartz crystal? Because that is a powerful crystal as well. It can still do those things because it's all about your intention and, and putting your intention behind it. And again, why are you working with it? And there's nothing wrong with starting there and working your way up because you know what? You're also going to learn a ton of shit as you get to that point where you're like, okay, maybe now I'm going to try that out. And it usually doesn't wind up working the way you think it's going to work. And again, if you if you don't know anything about crystals and you pick it up, nothing may not is even going to happen. The crystal realm is like, we don't know you, so we're shutting shit down. Like, now you just have a pretty rock. That's Mm -hmm. it, you know? Because again, and then that's, you know, you need to be respectful. Again, that's energy. You need to be respectful of the energy in that crystal. You need to be respectful of those things. And if you're not showing it respect, it's not going to do anything for you. 
Mm-hmm. And I think people need to realize those too. It's not just a rock. There's that energy there, there, you know, however you believe the energy of the crystal works. And if you don't know, start reading about it, start seeing how it resonates for you. Do a couple meditations and, you know, with your crystal, just a, a quartz crystal and ask to connect to it, ask for permission to use it. I'm always mumbling thank you all the time. He's like, what are you saying thank you to? I'm like, oh, well, I just used this. So I said, thank you. Again, because you're putting that out into the universe, that gratitude. Because when you put out gratitude, then you get gratitude back and the universe sees that you're ready to receive and will give it to you. But if you're just going around throwing rocks on and thinking that, you know, your whole world's going to change and poof, you're going to turn into a, you know, a witch and that's it, then <laughs> you're going to be very, very unhappy with the outcome. So I'm really big on with that for sure. Definitely. Like with the Moldavite for sure. And then as far as like invoking stuff or whatever, like if you're new, why are you doing that? <laughs> you see where I keep going with this? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to do that? So you can make a video and it's cool. You know what? It's not going to be worth that nonsense if you have to deal with that. And it's, again, really important. Like you really need to give respect to these different things. It isn't like the movies and you can't just like open a little box and then it just gets sucked into the box and that's it and you're done. There's that energy. Energy moves through energy. Energy moves around. It will, you know, you have your energy and work work on your energy first. Work on your aura. Work on, you know, learning how to shield, how to block. Learn how to clean your aura. Learn how to do all those things first then start working into that. Like, it's like everybody, you can't just be jumping right into to the thick of it. Like, just because it looks cool, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just not how it works. Yeah, even I'm guilty of that sometimes. Like, I, I want to know a thing, I find it, and then I'm like, oh, I have to know all of it right now. And it happens right. a lot with this podcast because I meet so many amazing people and I'm like, oh, their magic is so different than mine and I want to learn that. And it's like, They've been doing that their whole lives. Like you just think you're going to like Keanu Reeves from the Matrix suck that there shit in. Yeah, it's not, it's not I wish. Work. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> would be, be awesome. Yeah, that'd be so cool. I yeah. love that. But it's just not, you know, that's not where we are right now. So, and, you know, again, that's another thing, though, that's that's kind of where conditioned to do is rush, rush, rush. Know it all, know it all quick, 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 you know. And again, yeah. it's just that taking that minute to like, yeah, you know, and, and it's awesome. You want to know about it. You want to learn about it. Yeah, do it. Go ahead. But just take time with it. Take your time. Like, it's okay to take time and not know it all because you know what? Nobody even know. you know, nobody knows you're doing it or not doing it. So take your time and learn it so that when you start talking about it, you know what the hell you're talking about. And that's it. You know, instead of doing like this half-ass situation, then do it whole ass, not half ass. <laughs> put the whole ass in there. Yeah, the whole ass in there. Whole not, ass. Not just the cheek. You want all of it in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and also uh, uh, the bad part of that is uh, specifically in relation to invoking is that you can invoke something in that you don't know how to handle because you didn't do those right. preliminary steps. Yeah. And that's yeah, not going like to be fun. You're like wide open and then here you go. Here are all the things. And then you got to deal with that. And then you... You know, and then you have a horror story and then you're, you're telling everyone your horror story. Then you're scaring people. Then they're, then you got that fear thing going on. And then nobody wants to learn anything because so-and-so is a dumbass, didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and none of that needed to happen. <laughs> True. And it snowballs, you know, and yeah. you're just like, oh, what just happened here? How did this begin? Oh, yeah. You were rushing and you didn't know what you were doing. And here we are. Yeah. 
I want to go back to tarot. Is that the central practice that you do? Is that like how your bread and butter, so to speak? It's a very big part of me. It's a very big part of what I do. I do something every day related to tarot every single day. I definitely do a lot of other things as well. But I guess that's kind of the first love, I would say. I do a lot of other things too. But tarot is just what I know, I guess, the, the most of maybe. I guess that's what I would say. It's like your major thread because yeah. you're, you're connected to it every single day. and Right. And I do weave it into everything, I guess. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't just collect a gajillion decks, but you're also working on a deck right now, right? I am. Are we allowed yes. to talk about it? We are. The, yes. You, we could talk about this. Yes. <laughs> the name of my business is Stardust Wanderer Tarot. And that's what I named my deck after, actually. We are about... I think we're about... 30 cards in right now, which is really super exciting. And I do post, I do reveal a card a month. So they are on my Instagram if you want to take a peek at them. So this is really like a story deck. It is about Mina is the fool. So it's about Mina and her fool's journey kind of going throughout the whole deck and how she grows and evolves. And Mina is a space pirate and and a a half goddess. So she's a demigoddess space pirate. Yeah, it makes sense. She, you know, her dad is Blackbeard and her mom is Celine, the goddess of the moon. They're all up in space. They were getting it on. And there's Mina. <laughs> it's very fantasy, very galaxy. And like I said, there's gods and goddesses in it. There's, you know, we have the space pirates that are in the deck. They're all real pirates. So I know way more about pirates than anybody in the whole world. No, not the whole world, but a lot. I wanted to represent like real pirates and stuff. And, you know, and then we have the gods and goddesses. And it's kind of like my take on the gods and goddesses. And it's kind of like this whole world I created and just how they get along and how the gods and goddesses like try to control everything in a way. But then the space pirates are like, hell no, we're not doing that. And then we have another group called the commoners, which are They're space pirates that decided that they just wanted to live peacefully. They didn't want to be a part of the resistance, I guess, you know, like, yeah, Star Wars reference. So it's just really about just different types of people and how they are interacting in this deck and how they interact, you know, like whatever card they're on and how it relates to them and relates to the story. So it's, it's, it's really kind of like, like a whole thing going on and I'm really excited about it. Well, it's, there's like a whole storyline that goes with it too. So I will be doing a Kickstarter for that probably next year. This time I would say I'm I'm hoping that she'll be done by then and then going from there. But I do have like a Kickstarter alert on my, in my bio, my Instagram. So that when everything starts kicking up, you can look at it because the Kickstarter is only active for six months. So Mm. I can't like, you know what I mean? Like if I get it now, then it needs to be done within the six months. So Mm -hmm. that is how that works. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited about it. And my artist, she actually lives in Oregon and she's super, super awesome. She does a ton of fantasy art. Her name's Carol Phillips. And we just like totally vibe together. And I gave her, give her all these descriptions and she just like bangs out these masterpieces. I'm like, oh my God why did you put this here? Why'd you put that that there? And she's like, well, you had it in the description. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> it's just so different because I write like, you know, I'm a writer. So I, you know, I have it how I in my head or whatever, but it's really cool to give it to someone else and see them come up with it. And it's mm-hmm. like exactly as you imagined. It is quite the process though. I mean, this has been going on already for like two years 
And we still have another good year to go because, you know, she has create really 79 pieces of art because the card backing, there's 78 cards and the card backing is 79. And then you get the box, all that business and the guidebook, all that. But takes a while. I mean, she probably does about two to three cards a month, depending mm-hmm. on which ones they are. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a long process. It definitely also gives you a new appreciation of decks and stuff like that, because you know that like you just got the deck, it's brand new to you, but these people have been dealing with this thing for three or four years. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. And then I have another project in the works that hopefully I'll be talking about soon. It's, you know, it's definitely different. It's not a copycat deck definitely has a little bit of a spin to it. So I'm excited to see, you know, what everybody thinks of it. Got a lot of good feedback so far with the cards because they're not traditional. Like a lot of my kings are women. Just trying to like include a little bit of everyone in it. You said you write, you're writing a guidebook for that mm-hmm. deck, right? Yep. And yep. will it be like a little baby one that goes inside? Or are you going to do like a, pro- like a proper size book? It'll probably wind up being a bigger one because I definitely want to get into the story part of it too, because I had this whole like universe in my head. It just needs to come out. (laughs) What would be your advice to somebody going to get a tarot reading for maybe the first time as far as what's the best questions for them to ask? Because I think I hear a lot that tarot readers are like, God, people ask the worst questions when they finally get to me. Like, what is it that you really want to focus on? But On the other side of it too, a lot of times people come wanting a tarot reading and have set questions, but they're not really the questions that they want to know about. You know what I mean? They need those warm-up questions to kind of get used to the flow of it and how everything's going. And then you kind of, and then you get into like the nitty gritty of it, which is usually completely opposite. So I think really, you know, come with questions that you're comfortable with. Start with questions that you're comfortable with don't come at it right away. Like, oh, is so-and-so leaving me? Because that's usually one of the the big things. But maybe like what, what is the energy? What is our energy like? Or is this something that we can work out or whatever? And then also remember keeping mindful of, I'm not going to read that for that other person. I'll read the energy of the people, but I won't read about that person because people will come and they'll be like, I just want a reading about so-and-so. Can you tell me about them? And I'm like, no. We could talk about you and how you feel about it and why you're asking that question. Why are you asking that question? Let's look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of times I reframe questions anyway, but I would definitely just just go into it with an open mind and not expecting anything. That's really, really what it comes down to is just just like, all right, well, let's just see what this is and what this is about. And not even worry so much because I feel like too, sometimes when you're, when you tell people like, oh, well, you got to come with good questions, that stresses them out. And that keeps people from booking readings because mm-hmm. I've, you know, they're like, I don't know what questions to ask. You know, I've had so many people say that to me, like, I don't know what question to ask. And it's like, you don't really have to ask me a question. Like you don't really have to. And a lot of times I'll be like, do you want to just do a general reading? And I just start flipping cards and it goes in a direction and usually the direction that it's meant to go in. So mm-hmm. again, that's one of those things like that there's questions they may be afraid to ask or afraid to know the answer of. So they don't want to ask it. And then, you know, they get stressed out about it and then they're all stressed. And then it's hard to read people when they're stressed and nervous, you know, because then you got to get through all that. Like for me, it's like staticky. So it's like you kind of get through the static to actually get to, you know, what they really want to know. And at that point, a half hour of your hour readings already gone. 
where we could have done right. so much stuff. So I think just really be having an open mind and, you know, check different readers too. I mean, some have a little worksheet that they have you fill out and they want to know exactly what your questions are beforehand. And they want to know exactly all of that. But for some people, they need that. They need that direction. They need, you know, okay. Oh, they want me to, all right, let me fill out this form. Okay, good. I feel better about it. But some people that stresses them the hell out. And I think a sign of a good reader too, is that if somebody's coming to you and they're like, oh, well, should I write down all my questions? I think I'll feel better doing that or whatever. And if, if that person's not, you know, the reader's not really about that, eh, I don't really want like a list, then, then it's your job as a reader to refer them to somebody who does work like that. Because there's so many different readers. There's so many, there's enough people for, to go around. Like people need to stop worrying about that because it's stupid. Bitchcraft. And just, yeah, exactly. And it's like, no, just, you know what? If this person's not vibing with you, then go ahead and refer them out and don't be afraid to do that. And um, because I think that's taking care of your own energy and that person's as well, because that readings would, that reading would be shit anyway, because you guys aren't connecting. So right. you're just wasting your time. Then you're going to get a bad review. It's just going to go bad, which really comes down to nobody's fault. But, you know, in a way it's yours. If you pick that energy up and you ignored it, like trust right. that. I think it's just going with an open mind, really. What do you think is the weirdest question you've ever been asked in a tarot reading? Oh boy. You know, it's always at expos and stuff that I usually get those <laughs> questions. I'm like, what the fuck you need to be in a hospital or something. One that I got that's popping in my head right now is like, no, seriously, you're like, I probably should just like, you need to just get away from me right now. Cause you're crazy. This one girl came in and she was youngish and she we're doing the reading, whatever. It's all rainbows and sunshine or whatever. And she's like, oh, I just got married. You know, when are we going to have a baby? And da, da, da. Do you think we're going to have a baby soon? Whatever, whatever. Talked about that a little bit, which some people don't do health readings. Sometimes pregnancy falls into that and you got to make sure, you know. But we were talking about it and I didn't even get to like pull cards or that or anything yet. And she goes, well, actually the other question I had, which I'm like, mm-hmm, here it is. Because I knew that wasn't the question. I knew. And she goes, you know, my ex-boyfriend contacted me on Facebook and I haven't seen him in a really long time and he's going to be in town this weekend and he wanted to meet up. So I wanted to know if that's a good idea. I am like, fuck. Okay, girl. Number one, we were just talking about you and your husband having a baby. No, we, we're, I don't know what just happened. I don't know what cosmic loop we just jumped into. But now you're asking me if you should meet up with an ex. So really what I I was like, well, if you're asking me that question, what do you think the answer is? Like, if you feel that you need to come to me to ask that question, mm -hmm. what do you think? What do you, what do you think? And at this point, I didn't like pull cards out. I'm like, I mean, we had like a couple little whatever, like the little like fluffer cards going and that's it. Like nothing really interesting. <laughs> and I'm like, she's like, well, it probably isn't a good idea, right? And I'm like... Wow, you're smart. <laughs> you are so smart. You probably should wait on that baby. Then I'm like, all right, well, let's reframe this. Let's see. Then I just tried to like get out of that and like reframe it to like her and the hubby. And then how are you, you know, working on, maybe you guys need to work on communication. And we started reading, you know, going into that and started. So the reading was completely different than what it was when we sat down. 
So that one, but it was just like, one of those things that always sticks in my head? I'm like, she really, really asked me that. Like, think about that. She came to a complete stranger at an expo and asked this question. Number one, that takes balls. All right, I'll give you that much, but that's it. Cause that's just terrible. Like, I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like the poor guy's probably standing outside the damn thing waiting for her. And she's asking me this question. And I'm like, I, no, I feel like I did something wrong. I'm like, just go away, please. I don't want to talk to you. It's always those. And the people that come and they sit down, they cross their arms and they just look at you and you're like, okay, game on. You know, like, I think those are fun. Like, okay, you want to waste your 15 minutes in this way, proving that I'm not a hoax, then that's fine. We can do that too. And mm -hmm. usually by the end, they're my friend and everything's fine. You know, I think one of the hottest ones I think I had was this, this older woman, she came in and she was asking just about her house, the energy of her house, because she was worried that the energy of her house was some sort of way because her husband the guy's a loser. That's what he was, really. And she's blaming the house because, you know, that's like I said, we blame everything else, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, let me do the, a reading on your house. I actually love doing readings on houses and I will do that a lot. I do house cleansings and stuff like that. I just did one uh, like a week or two ago. It was really cool. So we're reading the energy of the house because they lived there for 40 something years and the house definitely wasn't super happy. There was a couple things we picked up on or whatever. And, you know, we started talking about the husband, talking about her and all that, and just about getting out of the house, like doing stuff outside of the house. And she talked about like her kids moved south. She wanted to move south, but he doesn't want to leave the house. You know, so we got into that a little bit. And then all of a sudden she like has this note folded up and she hands it to me and she's like here. So I'm opening him like, is there something in this note? Like something jumping out or like what's happening? So I opened the note. And on this note, and you know, she had it like she was planning this because it was like worn, like she must have been like nervous, you know, and on the note, it says, why won't my husband have sex with me? It's been 10 years. <gasps> I was like, oh, my God. And she just looked at me with these big eyes. I was like, I, I just want to start crying just because of the energy in that note. Like I literally could have started bawling at that moment. And I was like, honey, could you help me with this? I'm like, I can't tell you anything that's magically going to fix this, but let's talk about it a little bit. So I actually wind up giving her some extra time. I actually gave her some, I, I did some Reiki for her. I'm like, oh girl, I'm setting you up. You know, I felt so bad. Like it just broke my heart. Like I just, I just, cause I could just feel, you know, I wasn't ready for it, you know, and I could just feel just that energy and just the heaviness of her. And I'm like, you know, so I tried to lighten that up a little for her. And we just talked about it a little bit. That's like one of those ones that that's one part about the expos I don't love is some people you do wind up seeing over and over, but some that just come one and done, you know, and I would love to know what happened with her. But that was probably just one of the ones that just really surprised me because it just took like I said, it went from talking about the house to that and she started crying or whatever. And I did the Reiki or whatever. And she just, I'm like, giving her Reiki and I was just holding onto her hands and she's just like sitting there. And like, you could just see like just the energy is like the weight off of her. And she just like kind of slouched in her chair and she was just sitting there for a minute, like with her eyes closed in a minute. I'm like, Oh God, are you okay? Okay. You're right. You know, but she was all right. She was breathing. So I was like, okay, good. And I just like gave her space. I just gave her that minute to just be, you know what I mean? Because I felt like that she just never had that. And just, we, you know, and, and at that point, it wasn't even about her husband, it was about her. And we just talked about it. And we just talked about 
some steps to take and stuff like that. But it, that's that's something that I would need so many sessions. Like I would need more than one session for, Absolutely. you know, it was a half hour at that point, but I'm like, I right, this could keep going and going. So um, 10 years, I mean, yeah. 10 years, that's, that's yeah. a lot to unpack in, in with like an energy worker. Wow. Yeah. That's why I was like, whoa. And I'm like, listen, I can just lighten you up a little bit right now. And maybe that will help, you know, move some stuff for you that maybe that you could just start taking some action steps. But I'm like action steps. You needed to start doing that. Like there, you need to make a list, start doing some stuff. And that's what you wrote. That's what's important right now. Not even the fact of that, like this is what it's about. So, so yeah, that was, that was really, that was a crazy one too. I want to ask the question that I ask everybody at the end, but before that, I just want to ask you if there's anything else that's really important to you that you want to share with the listeners, if we missed anything. You know, I think really it comes down to just believing in yourself, intuition, that intuition's a muscle. It doesn't just happen overnight, especially if it's something that you haven't used, you've been pushing down, pushing away. And really, I think it's important just to start small and take your time. And before you know it, you will be where you want to be. And you know what? It actually will change 17,000 times before you even get there (laughs) and then change again. So just go with it. Just go with it. It's good advice for anyone, you know, trust your intuition, realize that it's a muscle and you have to work it out. And it's not going to just be like miraculous right away for most people. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And that whole thing about like, just realize that you're not Neo from the Matrix and you're not going to just be able to absorb all that shit at once. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, the last question that I ask everyone is what's the most supernatural paranormal woo experience that you've ever had? And we haven't really talked about that much. We haven't talked about like, like any (laughs) weird ghosts or, and it could be anything. It could be, you know, we've gotten everything from like alien encounters to sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. to ghosts to to out-of-body experiences, just the the thing that stuck with you the most? I would say the first thing that's kind of popping in my head is I tend to get a lot of visitation in my dreams. I have to just kind of set the intention like, yo, everyone, I'm sleeping. I want to sleep. Leave me alone, you know? Because what was happening, and I was getting kind of the, the sleep paralysis like for a while, But what had happened one time is I had um, this weird dream sequence where I was in like kind of an old Victorian house and there was a woman and a child there and they were in an attic and they were locked in this attic. They were stuck there. And it was kind of the 70s is where I decided it was, you know, like where I felt like it was from. And they were the house was on fire. And for some reason I was there and I was talking to them because they, they knew they were going to die. They knew that it, there was nothing that they can do. Nobody was there. Nobody could hear them. Whoever these people were that put them up there, they were long gone. They said it and they went and they, and they were off. And for me, it was just really weird because again, it was back in time, but I was just having this conversation with them. Like, and she was just so worried that this, I'm assuming it was her son was, you know, was he going to be okay? Where was he going to go? Were we going to be together? And I was just kind of like giving her this advice and telling her like that it was going to be okay, that you are both going to come back in another life. And, and really it was like me kind of channeling it because I didn't know, like, I didn't know any of this. Like, I didn't know 
where it was coming. Like I just knew it. And I was just telling her and, and I could feel the heat from the fire as it was coming up. And it was one of those things. Like I was like, should I better wake up? Like I, I knew at that point I was sleeping or, or whatever. And I was like trying to wake myself up, but it was also like that, then that like sleep paralysis kind of kicked in. So I was like, sure. All right. Well, I'm stuck here. Okay. At that point, it was just getting the flames were at the door. The smoke was at the door or whatever. And I'm trying not to panic. Like, no, this isn't, you know, nothing's happening to me. Like I just kind of had to reassure myself, but I felt like I needed to be there for them. So we sat on the bed and held hands as the room was kind of closing in. And for me, it was kind of like, you know, like an old movie, you know, like it's like black on the edges and it just like the white and it just slowly disappears. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it was. But I was holding on to their hands the whole time. At that point, I didn't feel like I was like on fire or anything. Like nobody was screaming around there. But for some reason, I was called to this situation to be there for them as they were being killed and they were dying and kind of like show them where they needed to go and like let them know that it was going to be okay and that sort of thing. So I had gotten some names from it. I had gotten, wrote them down and I tried looking it up, you know, a couple different times, but who knows? Like who knows if they, it just was undocumented or who, you know, you, you never know. So that was something that always really, really stuck with me. And to this day, if I wanted to call them up, I could. Like they are, I can still kind of call them up because at this point they hadn't been reincarnated yet. So I'm not really sure why that is. I really didn't dive into it that much because it was one of those things like it was so close to home. I was like, you know what? We're just going to leave that there for now because Mm -hmm. I need to process this for me. Maybe one day I'll go back to it. Maybe I'm not meant to. I don't know. So that was something that was really kind of crazy. So, and it's funny because I had interviewed this one woman and she does like time travel and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, shit, was that, was that, is that what I just did? Is that what I did? Is that what I, you know, and I just met her a couple months ago. That was like, it's just kind of like that has been a random thing, you know, that has happened to me a couple of times over the years. And I haven't, I don't think I haven't really like pursued it too much. I don't think it's time, but it's like one of those things, like, as you know, like I said, like this woman that does tra- time travel and stuff like that kind of popped up and got me thinking. So I feel like that there's a reason, like there's a process to it and I'm not quite there yet. So those have uh, really been the craziest things because it's they're just so intense. Those are probably the like kind of the craziest things, I guess, for me, just speaking to people and, and having people come in like spirit wise. For me, that's so normal at this point. It's just one of those things, you know, it's not weird anymore. <laughs> but that. Yeah, that's like, that's old news. But I think, I think as far as that goes, those are, were probably just the most intense that I had had. And just to have that experience of like, okay, you're going to sit with these people on a burning bed and hold their hand until they die. And it's like, okay, cool. That's what we're doing tonight. Great. You know, and yeah, it was, it was just very, very intense. So after, you know, with that too, there was major grounding needed to happen. And, you know, it was weird too, because even when I woke up, I was like sweaty. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I'm like, am I, am I like burnt anywhere? Do I have any burn marks? <laughs> I had a mark on my arm, but for me, I feel like it was whoever my guides were yanked me back at the right time. And then they just did it like forcefully. So I think that's what that was from. That's intense. I mean, 
the time travel thing has just sort of cropped up in my life as well, which is interesting because I never really gave a lot of attention to it. There's been times in my life where something popped into my mind or I felt someone or something. And then I changed my trajectory for that day. And if I hadn't, something bad would have happened. Right. And who's to say that that wasn't somebody from the future that was doing the same thing you were doing for that family right. on the bed. That's a real mind fuck for a second. It is. There. No, it really is. It really is. Because <laughs> I'm, and then it's like, why, why would I be doing this? Like, what do you yeah. mean? What do you mean? But it is. And you know, anybody that I've talked to that has been a healer or whatever, whatever they, the, usually the, like every single time, the first thing they usually say to me is like, you know, you're not from here. Yeah. You know? Same. And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah i i and they're like that's why you have a hard time relating to regular you know quote unquote people because mm-hmm. you don't belong here you're not a part of this that story about how jen basically had to hop into a different dimension to help some humans die in a burning fire is just rolling around in my brain. I cannot stop thinking about it. I feel like it just shows how little we actually know and understand about this current dimension that we're living in. But also when I hear stories like that, it reminds me that the possibilities are endless for other dimensions. I've heard enough stories at this point that I'm just like, okay, well, you know, we don't understand that. And I'd love to further someday and I will do everything I can to investigate it and share those results with you. But I really don't think one person is ever going to figure it out. I think it's way more mysterious than we could ever imagine. And it blows my mind. I think sometimes, and this is something I learned in the ritual that I did on Monday as well, Sometimes you have to prepare your subconscious or your psyche. I'm not exactly sure what terminology to use here, but certain areas of your being have to be prepared for weirder stuff, right? Before you can expand the brain and kind of like, you know, pull those, those edges out and be like, hey, guess what? There's a ghost there. Or, hey, guess what? That person that you thought was a person is actually an alien. Or there's more than one dimension, In fact, there's like more than you could ever imagine. Sometimes you have to kind of prep for that because your brain can't handle too much at once or you'll start to feel like you're going crazy. And that's partially what this podcast is for. For me, selfishly, I want to put myself out there and hear all of the different possibilities from other people so that I'm like, okay, I could better handle something like this. I would be able to perceive it because I have a frame of reference for it. And this story that Jen tells, there's so many possibilities of what that means, what it means for the relationships that we have, right? Maybe those people were in her soul family and they knew that she was the best person to help them feel safe while they crossed over in a horrible, horrible way. Or maybe she was somebody that helped people pass on in another life. And that's why she was there, because she's just actually kind of a pro at it. But maybe she doesn't even know that about herself in this lifetime, because for some many reasons that I have theories about, we don't really remember our past lives generally without a little poking and prodding and stretching and psyche preparing. And I really believe that we just know so little about the nature of quote unquote reality. I mean, every day quantum physicists are just sort of poking holes in that concept anyways. I'm so hoping at some point a benevolent alien is just going to pop down and pay me a visit and 
teach me more about all of the dimensions and, and, and. But in the meantime, I will just continue to follow and investigate the woo and try to expand my mind enough to see what has perhaps always been there all along. That's the freaky thing. What if it's happening simultaneously, but we just can't see it? Jen was a delight to chat with. She offers tarot readings, tea leaf readings, coaching sessions, astrology birth chart readings, distance Reiki, candle spells, and more. You should definitely check out what she's up to. You can also sign up for the pre-launch of her Kickstarter campaign for her new tarot deck, Stardust Wonder Tarot, which I personally can't wait for. I don't have a space pirate tarot deck, and I feel like there's a need for that. I didn't know there was a need for that until I spoke with Jen, but now I know I absolutely need to have that deck. So I've already subscribed to get those updates, and you should too. You can also follow Jen on social media and check out those early releases of tarot card designs. And you can read her articles in Cardamancer, which is a magazine that specializes in divination, which I didn't even know existed. So that is awesome. going to investigate that a little bit more for myself as well. Jen's Linktree link, which includes everything I just mentioned, plus loads more, will of course be in the show notes for this episode. And again, if you want to support this podcast and see it really grow into so many creative, woo, weird things, you can support us at patreon.com slash follow the woo. Whoever you are out there listening, you are amazing. Even if you don't feel amazing, keep believing in your magic, your magic you have your own brand. It doesn't matter if you haven't been taught by witches or warlocks or aliens or whatever. It's true inside of you and you can cultivate it. You can curate your own Hogwarts by going to people like Jen, by listening to this podcast, by listening to other great podcasts. So that magic can blossom into something incredible, something badass. For those of you who are like, nah, I don't think that's possible. It really, really is Like I said before, the more you expand your ideas about what you think is real and you surrender to the universe and the magic thread that connects us all to each other, the earth, the universal everything, the more woo stuff starts to happen to you. For real, for real. If you have any questions about it, you know where to contact me. Follow the woo at gmail.com. Okay. All right. Hold on to that thread of woo. Bye. Thank you for following the Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow the Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 